Today's show is sponsored by Studio Sweden. Studio Sweden delivers studio quality sound and a modern, minimalistic design. Each model is carefully engineered with a timeless design that's suitable for every occasion. Make sure you're getting the best quality sound available by using promo code CRIMESMITH to get 15% off and free shipping at studio.com. That's promo code CRIMESMITH for 15% off and free shipping at studio.com. I want to thank It's Jessica1022, ESS3742, and Steph Marcel for leaving me five-star reviews on iTunes. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Okay, let's get into it. The Kitakyushu Serial Murder Incident, also referred to as the Kitakyushu Confinement Murder Case, is so disturbing that the Japanese media was not willing to report the details. It's only through translated court documents and the extensive research of others that I was able to uncover what really happened. Futoshi Matsunaga is responsible for brainwashing, torturing, and killing at least seven people. Matsunaga committed these crimes alongside Junko Ogata, his common-law wife, whom he also abused. Matsunaga was born on April 28, 1961, and he grew up in Fukuoka, located in the Kyushu region of Japan, which is the southernmost part of the country. In junior high school, Matsunaga was the student council president and participated in sports and speech competitions. He had good grades, but teachers did not particularly care for him. His parents never visited the school, which is very strange for Japan, because this is something that most Japanese parents do minimum once a year. So it begs the question of how he was treated as a child. I can only speculate, but the lack of school involvement by his parents, especially his mother, leads me to believe that maybe something bad was going on. Japanese parents place a great deal of emphasis on education. It's hard to come up with a reason besides neglect or abuse that Matsunaga's parents would not have visited his school. Matsunaga knew Junko Ogata for a short period of time while they were in high school. They never dated, but whatever friendship they did have was ended abruptly when he was shipped off to an all-boys school. Matsunaga had been having an inappropriate relationship with a younger girl in junior high school. Right after he graduated from high school, Matsunaga worked at a bakery, but he was fired after only 10 days. As he grew into an adult, he got into the habit of lying. He would tell people all kinds of crazy stories. To some, he was a computer engineer with a degree from Tokyo University. To others who knew him, he was a physicist and a descendant of the leader of the Murakami Navy, a group of Japanese pirates that dominated the Inland Sea through the Sengoku period. He tailored his occupation and family history to fit best with whatever situation he found himself in. In 1980, when he was 19 years old, Matsunaga married his first wife, and they took over her father's futon business. Um, this is not the kind of futon that you think of in America or maybe even in the UK that you would find in like a bachelor pad or a guest room. A Japanese futon is a traditional Japanese mattress. Anyway, 
In taking over his wife's family business, Matsunaga was keeping up with typical Japanese tradition. It's considered a point of pride to keep the family business running throughout multiple generations. It's common for the children to take over the business of their parents when they become adults. In fact, one of my best friends here in Japan owns a bicycle shop that her great-great-grandfather started. So Matsunaga and his wife were running the business, and his first son was born in 1981. Matsunaga was quite the ladies' man. He had at least ten mistresses while he was married to his first wife. In October of 1982, the year after his son was born, he became involved with Junko Ogata, his friend from high school. Ogata had become a kindergarten teacher, and though she knew Matsunaga was married, she decided to enter into a relationship with him anyway. Basically, she became his second wife. Ogata had, by all accounts, been a gentle and well-liked person. She came from a fairly wealthy family, and there was no history of abuse or problems during her childhood or early adult life. Matsunaga was still married when he proposed to Ogata in January of 1984. Now, mind you, the two never got married, but since they were together for so long, she was considered his common-law wife. So he proposed to Junko Ogata in January of 1984, but her mother Shizumi Ogata did not approve. She was aware that the relationship was abusive and wanted to protect her daughter. Matsunaga was used to being in control, and he was not at all willing to take no for an answer, especially from a woman. As revenge for this rejection, Matsunaga raped Ogata's mother, Shizumi. As if that wasn't bad enough, he blackmailed Shizumi, telling her that if she told anyone about the rape, he would say she had seduced him. Unaware of her mother's rape and saddened by her family's rejection of her lover, Ogata tried unsuccessfully to kill herself the following month. Taking advantage of Ogata's depression, Matsunaga convinced her that her family now hated her because of the suicide attempt. In her vulnerable state, Ogata moved in with him the following year, in 1985, shortly after his first wife left with their only child. The same year, Matsunaga decided to buy a building for his futon business. The attention-loving Matsunaga hosted a grand opening party and 200 people attended. He took on several employees, and the business was thriving. But at some point, Matsunaga's sadistic side crossed the line from his personal life to his professional one. He began verbally and physically abusing his employees. He was known to yell, There is a spirit behind you. It is sucking away your fortune. He would kick, hit, punch, and sometimes even electrocute them. He had a soundproof office on the third floor of the futon building that he used to torture his employees. He often made references to religious terms like samsara and kami. In Buddhism, samsara is referred to as the wheel of existence, the cycle of life, death, and rebirth with no beginning or end. In Buddhism, achieving nirvana is the liberation from this cycle. The other term he often used, kami, refers to the spirits worshipped in the Shinto religion. Shinto is the native religion of Japan, and many Japanese people observe both Shinto and Buddhist traditions. For example, weddings are often Shinto, but funerals are almost always Buddhist. It's interesting that Matsunaga used religion alongside his abuse. Court documents stated that employees were beaten with fists, phone books, and even a bat. 
Matsunaga liked to step on their feet and hit them in the throat with the blunt end of a sword. He would fluctuate between restricting their break times so they could not eat and forcing them to eat large amounts of food. He also electrocuted them by briefly touching their skin with the cut-off end of an extension cord. It's not known why the abused employees stayed as long as they did, but not surprisingly, eventually all of them left. But for some reason, maybe fear, none of these people ever went to the police. Besides taking advantage of his employees, he also took advantage of his customers. The successful futon business he ran had been overcharging customers, selling inferior goods, and even charging employees for any mistakes they made. Matsunaga and Ogata had also been blackmailing people and were charged with fraud in 1992. The couple was put on Japan's most wanted list, and at the time, they had stolen 180 million yen, around $2.2 million. In early 1993, Junko Ogata gave birth to the couple's first son, and in April, Matsunaga convinced a woman to leave her husband for him after telling her that Ogata was his sister. She left her husband and brought her three children with her to live with Matsunaga and Ogata. In September of 1993, one of her children mysteriously died. No cause of death was ever found. Matsunaga sent the other two to live with their grandparents, but the woman stayed. Matsunaga would steal a total of 11.8 million yen, around $150,000 from her, before she, like her child, died under suspicious circumstances in March of 1994. No one suspected Matsunaga of killing her, and he was never charged. In the fall of 1994, Matsunaga met Kumio Toraya, an older man, and they became friends. Toraya confided in Matsunaga that he had a criminal past, and Matsunaga used this information to blackmail him. He also decided to make Toraya and his nine-year-old daughter his prisoners. He would electrocute Toraya and his daughter, and Matsunaga made them beat each other. If they did not inflict enough pain on one another, Matsunaga would electrocute them. He also forced Toraya to eat his own feces. The father and daughter were given scraps of food to eat and locked in a freezing bathroom, where Matsunaga would periodically hose them down with cold water. Toraya died on February 26, 1996. Matsunaga ordered Ogata and Toraya's daughter to cut up the body. Once the body was cut up, it was thrown into the sea, with the exception of some of the pieces which Ogata used to prepare a stew. Matsunaga forced Toraya's daughter to eat it. He made Toraya's daughter believe she was partially responsible for her father's death and reminded her that she had helped dispose of his body. This prevented her from going to the police. Matsunaga and Ogata restricted the girl's food, beat and electrocuted her, and sexually assaulted her. At some point in 1996, Ogata and Matsunaga had a second son. Shortly after Kumio Toraya's murder, Matsunaga befriended one of Toraya's female friends. He began a relationship with a 35-year-old woman and promised to marry her. One day, he invited her and her young daughter to his apartment. He locked them up in one of the rooms and proceeded to abuse them and steal the woman's money. Matsunaga managed to get a total of 5.6 million yen, about $70,000 from her. 
Thankfully, I couldn't find any details about what happened to the daughter while she was there, but the woman had a metal ring with an electrical cord attached, fastened around her arm. If she disobeyed him, he would touch a cut-off extension cord to the one attached to her arm to shock her. Luckily, the woman was able to get away in March of 1997. She jumped from a second-floor window. She broke her back and hip and punctured a lung. She was hospitalized for 133 days. It's unclear why she never told anyone what happened to her, but I do know that her daughter was released. It's only speculation, but maybe Matsunaga went to visit her in the hospital and threatened her. In any case, the daughter was set free. Throughout their relationship, Matsunaga abused Ogata. Aside from beating and electrocuting her, he also put cigarettes out on her chest and used a safety pin and India ink to tattoo his name into her thigh. Matsunaga controlled every aspect of Ogata's life. He forced her to participate in his crimes. In April of 1997, one month after the escape of Matsunaga's captive, Ogata left the house to go to work and didn't come back. Matsunaga faked a suicide attempt in order to get Ogata to return. It worked. She went back to the apartment and continued taking the abuse and inflicting it upon others. One of Matsunaga's sons recently gave an interview about his experience. His current name is not known, and the camera never showed his face. During a 10-hour interview, he revealed the heartbreaking details of his first nine years of life. He and his brother lived about a five-minute walk from the apartment Matsunaga and Ogata shared. The boys were monitored with surveillance cameras, and their mother, if you could even call her that, would stop by every week to bring them enough food to get them through to her next visit. The boys always feared they would run out of food before she came back. They never went to school and were given fake names in case they ever ran into anyone. The boys never even had birth certificates. When you're listening to all your favorite podcasts, make sure you're getting the best sound quality available. Studio Sweden's expertly engineered and elegant sound pieces bridge the gap between style and tech. Studio Sweden delivers studio quality sound and a modern, minimalistic design. My favorite model is the Vasa. I have them in rose gold and white. These earbuds deliver extremely clear sound with a natural bass, and the cords never tangle because of the flat cable design. I really enjoy these and I use them daily. To save 15% on a pair of your own, use promo code CRIMESMITH. That's promo code CRIMESMITH for 15% off and free shipping at studio.com. I'm about to describe some pretty graphic torture. So, be prepared. Matsunaga took Ogata's father, 61-year-old Takashige Ogata, and her mother Shizumi as prisoners. Also taken as prisoners were Ogata's sister Reiko, and her husband, Kazuya, along with their two children, 10-year-old daughter, Aya, and 5-year-old son, Yuki. According to court documents, Ogata's 34-year-old sister, Reiko, was kept locked inside a bathroom. Her internal organs had slowly shut down one by one, including her liver and kidneys. Her limbs swelled, and she was covered in rashes. She was forced to sleep in the bathtub with no bedding or heat, even in the winter. 
She was starved and forced to stand for long periods of time. If she started to slouch from exhaustion, she would be electrocuted with the metal harness fastened around her chest. The harness was attached to an extension cord that was plugged into a household outlet. When it came to Junko's father, Monsunaga was particularly fond of attaching metal clips to Takashiga's nipples and lips, forcing Junko Ogata, the man's own daughter, to electrocute him. Ogata's father was eventually electrocuted to death. Ogata's mother, Shizumi, was killed on January 20, 1998, after Matsunaga ordered the woman's own daughter, Reiko, and her husband, Kazuya, to strangle her. Ogata's sister, Reiko, was killed a few weeks later. Matsunaga forced Reiko's 10-year-old daughter, Aya, to hold her down, while her husband, Kazuya, strangled her. Matsunaga made Kazuya do most of the corpse processing. Kazuya was given six pieces of bread and six packets of mayonnaise to eat per day. Matsunaga would give him a time limit of seven or eight minutes to finish eating. If he didn't finish, he would be electrocuted. During the time when Kazuya was processing bodies, Matsunaga would not allow him to sleep. He couldn't even take breaks to eat. Another of the captives would give him bites of food while he cut up the bodies. If Matsunaga felt like the bodies were not being processed quickly enough, he would have one of the other captives shot Kazuya's arm to make him pick up the pace. He was not allowed to use the bathroom. Instead, Kazuya was forced to wear a diaper, and when it was soiled, another prisoner would be instructed to change it. For a period of time in March of 1998, Matsunaga would give Kazuya sweets, bento box lunches, or ramen in place of the bread and mayonnaise. The following month, Kazuya became extremely ill. He was vomiting roughly 10 times a day and had violent diarrhea. Matsunaga decided this was because Kazuya had been too greedy when he had given him food from the convenience store. Kazuya was given medicine, but by the 9th of April, he was still sick. Ogata reduced Kazuya's meals to two slices of bread with mayonnaise per day. On April 10th, Matsunaga became angry because Kazuya was vomiting up the stomach medicine Ogata was giving him. So he reduced Kazuya's food down even further to just one piece of bread per day. Kazuya's body finally succumbed to the sickness, starvation, and abuse on April 13, 1998. On that day, Ogata entered the bathroom where Kazuya was held and discovered his lifeless body lying face down on the floor. Matsunaga ordered Ogata and Aya to cut up Kazuya's body. Once they were done with that, he made Ogata, Aya, and Taraya's daughter kill five-year-old Yuki. Matsunaga and Ogata continued luring women to the apartment and extorting money from them by threatening them with electrocution. One of these women was forced to cut herself. If she refused, she was electrocuted. Matsunaga made her cut her right index finger and write on a piece of paper with her own blood that she would not run away. He made her remove the nail from the big toe on her right foot. At trial, Ogata claimed that she had no choice but to participate in the torture and murders. She said that Matsunaga had completely cut her off from the outside world. Matsunaga decided he wanted to move to another place because the stench in the apartment had become unbearable. He instructed Toraya's daughter to pack up while he finished off his final victim. On June 7, 1998, 
10-year-old Aya was killed. At the time of her death, she was painfully thin due to her diet of one piece of bread per day. Matsunaga often tied Aya's arms and legs down and electrocuted her on various parts of her body. Ogata testified in court that on the day of her murder, Aya was lying on the floor naked with her wrists, ankles, and knees tied together while Matsunaga sat in a chair near the girl's feet. Ogata was standing at Aya's right shoulder, and Matsunaga would give her instructions on where to place the metal clips on Aya's body so he could electrocute her. For 30 minutes, Ogata would reposition the clips on little Aya's body according to Matsunaga's instructions. Throughout this process, Toraya's daughter saw glimpses of what was happening while she went about packing up their belongings to move into another apartment. Once Matsunaga had had enough fun with Aya's torture, Ogata and Toraya's daughter strangled Aya by wrapping a cord around her neck and each pulling one side. Ogata covered the kitchen window with newspapers and the bathroom window with black vinyl. Ogata and Toraya's daughter went back to the apartment around 10 p.m. that night to begin cutting up Aya's body. The process took about a week. The entire time they were cutting up Aya's body, Matsunaga would call him about every 30 minutes to tell them to hurry. He was staying at the other apartment with his two sons and was having a hard time looking after them by himself. In July of 2000, Matsunaga convinced a woman to go away with him. He promised her marriage. For some unknown reason, she gave her twin children to him in August of 2001. Matsunaga got her to give him 20 million yen, around $250,000, to raise the children. On January 30th, 2002, Toraya's daughter escaped, but Matsunaga found her on February 15th and took her back to the apartment. He punished her by electrocuting her. On March 6th, 2002, Toraya's daughter, who was now 17 years old, escaped again and went to the police. She told them that the couple killed her father along with Ogata's parents, sister, brother-in-law, niece, and nephew. The police arrested Matsunaga and Ogata the following day. The twins, along with Matsunaga's sons, were taken into police protection. In the apartment, police found a collection of homemade pornographic videos and pictures Matsunaga had taken. Police never recovered any of the bodies or physical evidence and relied solely on the statements of Toraya's daughter and Ogata. On September 25, 2005, Ogata and Matsunaga were sentenced to death by hanging. On September 26, 2007, Ogata and Matsunaga appealed their verdict. Ogata's death sentence was changed to life in prison, and Matsunaga's was upheld. He is currently awaiting execution by hanging at the Fukuoka Detention Center. Thank you so much for listening to the fourth episode of Crimesmith. If you liked the story, please consider leaving an iTunes review. For pictures related to the case, head over to crimesmith.com and check out the blog. To provide feedback or offer future episode suggestions, click the contact link on the website to send me an email. I've set up a Patreon account, and if you contribute just a dollar per month, you'll get a sticker and access to an extra bonus episode each month. I'll also give you a shout out on the next episode. Thanks for listening.